What's up, everybody? Ethan Parker here. Welcome to the Outbound Squad podcast. Here at Outbound Squad, we're on a mission to help reps turn complete strangers into paying customers. So if you're an SDR or an AE that's doing any sort of outbound prospecting, as an AE, you're working those deals to close, you're in the right place. In this episode, we have an interview with Rod Baptista, who is an account executive over at Zoom Info and also has a very impressive background as an SDR. And we cover a lot of things that Brennan and I get questions around all the time from SDRs who are looking to move into an AE role. But in this episode, we're going to chat a little bit about Rod's experience going from SDR to AE and how that's affected his you know calling and account strategy and how he's maintained the mindset of a professional SDR and how that's kind of really helped him accelerate as an AE. And then lastly, you know, what he's found effective around building business acumen in order to have deeper sales conversations, you know, as opposed to um, some of the situations we're in as an SDR. So a lot of really great nuggets Rod shares here, and I think you all will enjoy. Lastly, if uh, you're listening to this, you're a SDR, AE, or sales leader, you have some questions, scenarios, items you'd like us to discuss on an upcoming episode of this podcast that is usually what we're covering here in this this segment of mailbag <laughs> outbound squad um, you can submit your questions at outboundsquad.com forward slash mail you will remain anonymous and we will do our best to uh, give you the best feedback we can in whatever scenario you got so outboundsquad.com forward slash mail without further ado let's get to the show Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Revenue Podcast. I'm Ethan Parker and Brendan Dodge with me here as always. And today we have an interview with our good friend, Rob. Bet- Rob, wow. I already messed up in the opener in the opener for the episode. Rod Baptista. I was combining first name, last name. Um, <laughs> I'm executive over at Zoom Info, which are also uh, good friends of ours. And um I, I'm really excited to have this interview with Rod. He uh, has a really long background as being a really great SDR too. And so we're going to talk about some of those things and that transition into AE role. Uh, but Rod, how you doing, man? It's cold, man. It's cold in Maryland this morning and I'm, and I'm doing good. It's, uh, uh, we're, we're getting the quarter heated up already. It's uh, it's not cold in Charleston, but I'm I'm going back and forth between freezing and sweating because I'm uh, <laughs> flu or COVID or some combination of all of the above. So I feel you, I feel you. Um, Brendan, is it cold where you're at? Um, slightly. It was raining and pouring yesterday, but uh, feels like a spring day outside, but more nice. on the colder side. Enjoy it's it. Certainly sunny. <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, let's dig in on a few things. So. Rod, uh, one of the most interesting things that I think uh, when I was like doing some homework for this episode, uh, I know you're really big on cold calls and so am I. Um, but before we kind of dig into that, because I, I think you have some good stuff there. I heard you talk about Jason and some other folks you chatted with about this. So I think it'd be interesting. But um, one thing you mentioned is like you view yourself as a professional SDR, even like as you know, now in the AE role, which I, I love that. And you also mentioned that you think everyone can be in sales. And while those are two different thoughts... I think one kind of speaks to the other, but when you say you view yourself as a professional SDR, um, 
how do you think that, or I guess like, why do you feel that way? And like, how do you think that served you in the AE role? Because I, I see this as a huge asset when people are making the move from go to SDR to AE to be able to self-source and maintain those principles. And maybe anything you've learned, um, kind of maybe where there, you had some challenges kind of maintaining that mindset as you start to <laughs> you know, work some deal cycles and that sort of thing. Yeah, that's true. Um, I guess I see myself as a professional SDR because that's my, that's my formative background, right? Like I, uh, uh, relative to my peers, I don't have a bachelor's degree. So the only thing I have that really sets me aside and brings value to the work that I do is the years that I've spent as an SDR and the years that I've spent learning how to be an amazing SDR at Vorsight, a company that developed their own proprietary cold calling methodology, right? So I really, I really, um, I took that on myself. I really see that that's the value that I bring to the table. And that's how I've been able to compete with people that have a better educational background than I do, because I'm able to, you know, even as an AE, I still know how to, I'm still calling, you know, I'm still sourcing my own meetings. And a lot of the things I did as an SDR, which I think you're going to ask me about in terms of asking questions, really translate into the discovery piece of being an AE. Yeah, I think it translates uh, uncannily that people don't even see or think about. I think that's also why it's so important to have your outbound lined up with like your discovery methodology and to prevent some of that. Somebody coming in this meeting and well, yeah, person asked me all the same questions, do this. I still haven't seen the product two minutes later, you know, that kind of, mm-hmm. that type mm-hmm. of thing. Right. So <laughs> I think it's super important. Um, yeah. There's so many things I want to drill in there, but before maybe we talk about some of the actual, prospecting side you mentioned you, know, you don't ha- you don't have like a degree like some of your peers bachelor's degree or whatever uh me neither and so i uh, i dropped i dropped out of school um i, I had a 4.0 I- i'm a really good test taker but i saw like zero value in and what i was doing mm-hmm. um i wasn't learning anything that i felt was useful um mm-hmm. i felt like you know i was already like getting into sales and i was like making a good bit of money like doing 20 hours a week and i was like man fuck this dude if i just put 30 hours a week in there, what do i need to go to school for um but i'm i'm curious um one of the biggest struggles i see with like sdrs going to the AE is like the business acumen piece of mm-hmm. you know what what you kind of just alluded to and how you ask questions on cold calls and then how that translates into a discovery call mm-hmm. um but i don't know let's start with like what have you found to be most helpful um, in terms like if you're a new SDR, you're trying to learn a little bit more about your personas, the, the, you know, the industry you're selling into, what have you found to be helpful and like kind of helping you build more of the, you know, acumen that some people associate with, Oh, they just, they need to go to school and they need to do this. And like, I think that's total BS, man. I've seen so many people go to college and then can't ask discovery questions worth a shit, but mm-hmm. you know, just for <laughs> argument's sake, we'd love to get your take. Yeah. Um, and this is a, the first half of this is a no brainer, obviously figure out like, um, figure out what content your folks are consuming. I remember at one point I was representing a client that was selling, um, uh, an enterprise knowledge management software. Right. So I, I, I had no idea what that was like with many of the, of our startup technology clients at Foresight going into it. I had no knowledge about the persona, the industry, the product, the technology, anything. Right. And the first step for me was always to be like, okay, what is, first of all, like Google some of the very basic terms and, and be humble. You know, it helps me to be humble because I, because I, I, uh, I don't have a, a piece of paper on my wall. Right. So Google all of the, all of the, the dumb terms and all of the things you don't know. And then from there, you can be like, okay, oh, so this is related to knowledge management. 
what are some good knowledge management forums? What are some good LinkedIn groups? What are some good newsletters, right? Start subscribing to things, and especially on LinkedIn, especially on LinkedIn, since I spend still so much of my of my day on LinkedIn, that's a really easy way where once you start curating your channels, you'll just casually get content around it, right? And then you can start learning things as you go, just consu- just casually consuming that, that light content. But the biggest education piece for me, uh, especially coming from Vorsight, was cold calling, right? Um, I, even to this day, I'm not afraid of assuming the role of, of, uh, of the dunce, somebody who doesn't know, that doesn't understand, like the joke, doesn't get the phrase, doesn't understand the, the concept, right? There are still many times when somebody says something to me and, and at this point, people talk to me like like I'm a peer, and there's still many times where they say something like, oh, you know you know how it is when there's like a reorg at the top and then leadership gets all kind of scrambled. And there's some, there's some times where I'm like, I don't actually know, what do you mean by reorg? What do you mean by scramble? Like, I actually don't know what you're talking about. Can you, can you, <laughs> can you help me understand a little bit? Asking my prospects for clarification on whatever they were talking about, may, and, you know, and it, it does take a little bit of vulnerability to do that, that was the single biggest educational source I had for business acumen and for sounding like my peers and for sounding like a peer to my prospects. That's such a huge one. So many people are afraid to say they don't know and it gets you in so much trouble. Uh, That's, that's interesting because I'm sure that's, I'm sure everybody, everybody has heard something like that on the phone. They say, Oh, you know, I'm sure, you know, we're going through this out of the other. And then the answer 99.9% of the time from the seller is, Oh yeah, yeah, I know how it is. And you have the slightest fucking clue what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. You've never been a VP of sales and dealing with your CC being shuffled around and this, that, and the other, like, you know, uh, that's a good one. I love that. To sum that up, um, on the phone, getting feedback from prospects, being vulnerable, asking when you don't know, just saying you don't know and asking them for clarification. So powerful. I love that. Um, content forums, LinkedIn, wherever they might be kind of, you know, newsletters, whatever, whatever content your prospects consume. I would throw one more thing on top of this for everyone listening. Um, so what I really like to do as well as like leveraging LinkedIn is messaging, you know, your target personas and just kind of asking them, Hey, what podcast do you listen to? Where do you find content relevant to your position? I'm just trying to learn a bit more. You mind sharing, you know, what your favorites are. And if you shoot five, six, seven, ten of those messages out, you will get a, a good, good bit of content uh, recommendations that you can go, you know, take a peek at. And that just like it's like a puzzle that when you solve it, opens the door to like more puzzles. You just, it just goes down a rabbit hole and you just find more things. And that's that's such a great practice in general. There's an old saying where if you ask for money, you'll get advice, and if you ask for advice you'll get money. So sometimes even just asking people like, Hey, I know you're a thought leader. Like, I'd love to know just what podcast you're consuming. Sometimes that could lead into a meeting <laughs> or an opportunity even. Right. Yeah, it, it does. It's very, it's very true. Uh, I was just having this conversation with a mentor around like a fundraising topic. So it's very true. Very true. Um, cool. So I love that piece. Now let's dig into, let's dig into the cold calling, um, part rock. I know this is something that, you know, you guys, you, you do well. Um, and you guys did, you know, really well, um, when you were back at, uh, Vorsight, right? So, um, before we talk about the technicals, I guess, can you tell me a little bit more about how you spend or prioritize time around dials? Um, if you do at all, or if you've been thinking about it in that way, but one thing that I hear a lot from, 
other, especially AEs, and maybe maybe you can add in like how this has been different for you from SDR to AE is like managing time around prospecting. Like, hey, I I don't have the time to make fifty dials a day anymore, like I used to. Um, so like, I have my own opinion on how you can prioritize this, but I guess how do you how do you think about working this in? Is it is it no different than when the SDRs? You have your calls built into your steps, or are you using triggers? Or are you doing something else? You know, creative to kind of prioritize who you're calling. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, um, I'll attack that question from a process and a and a technology perspective. And it's so interesting to me, having been an SDR at a couple different companies and having worked closely with AEs um, at lots of different companies. It's interesting to me how a lot of times for an SDR role, you'll create. Uh, I'll put it this way: it's very common to find in companies uh, the process and technology component for being able to just have a list that you can call down, right? At Voresight, we used to do it directly off of Salesforce, which is kind of novel. At different companies, sometimes they have you calling directly off of like outreach or maybe sometimes even just an Excel sheet, whatever. But having a list you can use where as soon as you open it, you know like, okay, here's that person, I'm going to call them. It doesn't take any, any thought process, right? That was huge as an SDR. And obviously, uh, dials are your biggest or your biggest sort of activity metric as an SDR, basically, um, whatever. Um, I've seen a lot that sometimes as a, a, when we progress into an AE role, there's a lot of focus around technologies and process for building opportunities, for building reports that can help you evaluate previous opportunities, for all of these different kinds of things that are incredibly valuable to the, to the, to the full pipeline. But um, when you get it, when you uh, when you get into it, sorry, I just got a slack. When you get into it, you don't have as good of tools for dialing, for calling, for being able to see everything you need in one place and quickly turn that into a lot of activities. In my experience, I haven't seen that, and the way that I've gotten around it is I've tried to leverage some of the tactics around blocking off my calendar, right? Like every day at different times of the day, I have at least a one hour block where I know exactly how many dials I want to make, right? Mm -hmm. For me, it's 20. I can easily get through 20 dials, usually and 20 is kind of a low number for me, but I could easily get through 20 dials in one hour. Um, and part of why that number is so low is because my connect rates are pretty good, right? So I'm having decently long conversations. Mm -hmm. um, the, tactically, I'm blocking off my calendar. That's really hard to do as an AE because stuff happens all the time. If I'm in the middle of my call window and somebody sends me an email being like, hey, I'm ready to sign right now. Can we get this contract done? Obviously, I'm going to drop everything, right? So it's tactically, that's that's how I'm doing it. And on a process and technology side, I'm also relying on some of the previous uh, uh, tools we had as SDRs that uh, are still available to us as AEs, for us as AEs, but that not everybody uses. Right. So in that way, I'm still wearing I think I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. I feel like uh, a wolf in sheep's clothing in that I feel like an SDR in AE's clothing right now. Hmm. A couple of questions. You give, you give some um, touch on a lot of great topics, connect rate. Um, I mentioned a, a list and spending time on those accounts. As you're looking at it, it's funny because a question that popped up in Outbound Squad with uh, one of our members, she works with uh, you know four to five AEs, and one of the things that keeps popping up is account prioritization, mm -hmm. right? She wants to devote time towards the accounts that's going to be more fruitful for the AEs, whether it fit ICP or whatnot. Mm -hmm. As you're building your list or you're collaborating with AEs, like how are you... Uh, 
how are you developing that list of like top A tier accounts and like what are some things that stand out about those accounts that both you and the AE want to target? So um, as an AE now, the, the, the biggest way I'm going about prioritizing my accounts are like I have a, I have a market segment that I'm sort of um, focused on, right? And I'm shooting for the companies that are on the high end of my revenue band, right? Like let's like for for the sake of an argument, let's pretend that my my revenue limit is companies anywhere from you know zero zero uh, pre revenue to you know a hundred million a year. My top accounts are those that have um, higher annual revenue, and typically it's those where I've been able to uh, check off one a couple of boxes where maybe if we've had interactions with them before. That's a prior. That's a that's a, uh, an account I want to prioritize, right? Even mm-hmm. if it were, even if it might not have been the best kind of interaction, they're familiar with us, right? Um, one, two. Um, have we we since especially for us since we work across so many different industries and verticals, um, I d- I generally try to categorize my accounts based on some of the verticals that are either my strength or, or really really hot right now. For example, logistics. Right. So I'm really focusing on logistics companies, maybe that we've interacted with in the past that have a higher uh, uh, annual revenue. Right. Those are some of the factors I'm going to be considering. There's a lot that people can do. And it, it really depends on what does your ideal customer look like based on revenue, number of employees, whatever other criteria, maybe some triggers. Maybe your ideal customer is one that always buys in October. Maybe, or maybe that's, maybe the customers you've landed before, maybe your your company's existing customers all bought in a given time frame, or they've all bought your solution during a particular trigger of theirs. Like maybe, maybe they were hiring new people, right? That's a big trigger for, for us because it means our sales teams are growing. Maybe they were letting people go. That might be a big trigger for you depending on your solution or service, right? Figure out what your triggers are, figure out what your ideal customer's uh, mold is, and then try to fit your accounts into that mold. Yeah, and systematize that. Once you figure out what those triggers are, like just remove remove decision-making, build you a little checkbox that you go down, you know, what you check, where you look, where you look for that information. And then when you find those that hit that box, you know, let's keep rolling. I, I love that. Um, we're running out of time a little bit, and I have two other quick questions I want to ask you based on stuff you just said there. And, you know, maybe we'll have to do um, another another session and talk about some different things. But uh, one thing you mentioned was your connect rate's really good. And um, that's a problem for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips or tricks or like what you're doing to help with the connect rate there or things that you found to make that better? Or is it a result of like good prioritization on accounts? Like, um, can you give us any, any insight there? My connect, my connect rate is really good because I work at zoom info. I have access to the (laughs) best phone numbers in the world. Like that's, that's, that's as easy of an answer as you're going to get from me on that one. (laughs) Shameless plug, shameless plug. <laughs> well, I do have some tips and tricks for everyone that's listening. I will post it up in the show notes that you can you can leverage there. But I just wanted to see the right nuggets. All good. The other question that I wanted to ask you, and this is just simply personal curiosity, Rod, because like I'm familiar with Zoom Info and what they're doing. Um, you guys have made like quite a few, if I'm not mistaken, like acquisitions of different platforms in the last little bit. As an AE, number one, has that affected you? Like, has leadership um, tried to add in, um, you know, hey, we want to push this product, we want to push that product, 
you know, every company handles this a little bit differently. And I think a lot of people do it wrong. So, you know, maybe, maybe they're doing it really well, but has that affected you before we kind of go any further on that as a, has it caused any, um, I don't know, just like hurdles and then thinking about accounts you're looking at and what you're looking for in accounts or, um, how's that experience been? Not me personally. I've only been in AE for, um, a quarter and some change now. Right. Um, it hasn't affected me personally. It, we are, we do acquire companies at a very aggressive rate. So the rate at which you have to stay up to date with not just our suite of products, but also how they relate into one another and whether two, two products are standalone or whether now one is you know a part of the other or whether they're both incorporated into an overarching thing. Um, there are a lot of moving pieces to keep track of, but that, in my opinion, that's a good problem to have. I'd rather... I'd rather it be tough to keep track of all of my products and services because my company is growing so quickly, acquiring so aggressively, than be intimately familiar with the one thing we have because we haven't changed in 35 years. Yeah. No. In my, in, in my preference, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I love the mindset. Um, I think the mindset is a half, you know, half the battle here for, for most sellers because like, this is a complaint we hear. Man, we did this, we changed that, we changed this, but... It sounds like if it hasn't affected you personally, then that means Zoom Info and their leadership is doing a good job of how they're handling that and how that's trickling down to the sales team, which is the real problem that happens here. Like it, that really should not be the AE's problem. It should be leadership's, you know, challenge of like, all right, we're buying this thing. Yeah. How are we going to set up the sales org? Are we going to hire new reps? We're going to take some reps from that previous and we're going to like keep these siloed for a bit while we figure out how they integrate. And, and it sounds like they're doing the right thing. So I'm happy. And to, I mean, Zoom Info is Zoom Info is uh, Rain King, Discover Org and ZoomInfo, those are the biggest uh, acquisitions or mergers that we've done, not to mention you know, tens of others. So we've gone through a lot of rounds of you know having course, to integrate different, too, huh? that's right, course is huge. Um, we've gone through a lot of, we've gone through a few rounds of this at this point. So um, I think we are good at it. I think we are good at communicating it to the teams, making it seamless, both on a, on a you know, messaging uh, as well as like process side. Um, but again, my, my experience is, is kind of limited on that. Yeah. Well, uh, again, kudos to uh, Zoom Info from from uh, Ethan Parker, at least outside looking in. Sounds like doing a good job. So, um, but uh, we're we're out of time for today, Rod. Appreciate you coming on the show. Um, anything, any thoughts you want to leave folks folks with? Anything you want to plug? How can they find you? Um, anything like that? Um, follow me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm always I'm always doing uh, things like this. Um, we I recently did a webinar with uh, with Jason Bay and Kyle Coleman, the SVP of Clary. Uh, we talked uh, even more tactically about things on a on a cold call, how to structure your day, some of those things. Um, follow me on LinkedIn, and um, if you're a CEO, I might try to sell you, but you know that's that's part of the game. <laughs> but really. But on top of that, I'm happy to be a consultative person. Obviously, I'm going to try to sell you because I'm a salesperson. But if you have questions about data as a whole, it's crazy how few. No, it's even though we have huge market penetration at this point, there's a lot of people that still don't really know um, how to le fully leverage business to business data to grow their teams during a time right now when investments in your in your top of the line revenue growth are huge for your business, right? So if you have questions, hit me up. I might try to sell you, but I'm also going to give you some value. I promise that. Yep. And uh, I always recommend everyone, Zoom Info is hands down um, the best platform you can grab for uh, outbound and data for your company. Um, I'm a huge fan. Use it for many years. So appreciate you coming on, Rod. And uh, we'll uh, see everybody next time.
Cheers. I look forward to round two. <laughs> See you, Rob. Thanks, guys.